Today's episode of Tea Time on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. They're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and LA, and they're launching initiatives across America to deliver fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics, fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants in business as well. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us, and you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK to donate, please. We're trying to raise $250,000, and if you have the means, it's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please, if you can, give whatever you can. The money goes directly to World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that's theringer.com slash WCK. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallowell. You know the drill by now. We're all in our separate homes, so we're going to do Kate first and then bring in Amelia and then end with the teabag slash mailbag questions with all three of us. Today, we are checking in with all of the weird stuff that celebrities are doing in quarantine, as usual. Uh, Lindsay Lohan's infamous F list. I can't wait to have Amelia explain that. And then we are reviewing Twilight New Moon. Cringe mode just in full (laughs) swing on this podcast. Every time you hear the bell, we have to change topics. We're going to go long on Twilight no matter what, though, Mm -hmm. so Kaya can just live with it. For now, let's spill the tea. All right. Tea Time checks in with wacky celebs in quarantine. Everybody's just getting weirder the longer we all spend at home. And one person we've really tried to avoid talking about, but we just can't, it's uh, in our faces every week, is January Jones. So earlier in quarantine, we did discuss how she made the human stew bath situation where she put basically an entire box of baking soda and apple cider vinegar in the bath and just stewed in it. And then uh. last week after we recorded, we didn't get to this, but she Instagrammed herself ordering and like receiving a pair of tap shoes because she had just watched Annie. And like, it was a video of her tap dancing. Her dog comes in. He just like stares at her. It was really bizarre. And then this week she's back at it again. Um, but this time she's in her backyard She's in a very nice, fancy floral robe and nice, fancy slides. And her son is behind the camera, basically being her director. Kate, have you watched this video before I go on? I actually haven't. I'm looking forward (laughs) to you painting a picture for me. Okay. The most bizarre part of January Jones's delivery and everything is that she's so, like, calm and, like, has this voice that's, like, (laughs) kind of freaky. And she does it in this video, too. She's basically standing in a a shrubbery bush and is like... (laughs) It's really important to be outside during this time. Like, look at my garden. And every 10 seconds, she starts over and her son's like shouting direction at her. It's like, you know, supposed to be cute, I suppose. Um, And the son is like saying things like, louder, say it with more emotion. And she's like, she's in the backyard. And she's like, well, I'm going to have to be louder because of this fucking jackhammer. And like really cutting. (laughs) And I'm like thinking about her poor, I don't know what he is, 10-year-old being like, like standing there in the garden, hot as a shit. Like, 
<laughs> Bill mean his mom. Anyway, feel terrible for the kid. Uh, and she just tours her garden. She basically shows us a rosemary. She shows us her rosemary, shows us roses, and then like that's it. That's the only two things she shows us in the garden. Honestly, like in the grand scheme of being January Jones' child, like this is probably really low on the list of weird <laughs> things that he has encountered in his life. That is she's true. She's so strange. She is Her social strange. media is she, just baffling. It's really weird. And like, I think people have become quite fixated on celebrities that are doing things like this where like they just pop out of nowhere. You wouldn't really expect us to be talking about January Jones because she— I don't know. She's like not an A-list celebrity, I don't really think. Anyway, her bizarre behavior is making headlines everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. To be fair, The Ringer does have a weird fascination with January Jones. Do you remember when we did the top 50 celebrities on Ringer Dish and it was super random and <laughs> no. January Jones like made the list randomly? And I was like, top 50 of all time? She was up Madden. there with like Beyonce. Like, <laughs> Mad Men has poisoned people's minds. Her character it in has. that show for life. Okay, next one. Okay. Yeah, we got to move on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, other wacky celebrities in quarantine. Some of them are really spending their time in meaningful ways. Uh, Shakira tweeted this week that she got a four-week certificate from the University of Pennsylvania for a class on ancient philosophy. And everyone was like, okay, Shakira, like a four-week class. Like, we get it. You're smart. However, yeah. some people dug up some receipts and she actually has a history of doing this, not just in quarantine, but she like loves to learn about history and about all these different things. So in 2007, she took a class at UCLA. She went to classes at UCLA in person. Professor did not know she was famous. She sat in the third row. She oh, told him wow. she was like visiting from Columbia. And somebody interviewed the professor afterwards. And he was like, I literally just like didn't know. So it was after she finished her tour, she took Introduction to Western Civilization, Ancient Civilizations from Prehistory to Circa AD 843. Uh, so that was like peak Shakira, like yeah. 2007. And she said that she likes to take classes like on the history of the country she visits. In 2017, she did one-on-one -on -one lessons with Sarah Lewis at Harvard about race rights and imagery, which was like a photography class about like how photography represents like citizenship and justice, which is cool. Oh my God. Um, and then she also, according to a tweet in response to this whole thing, approached professors when she was living in New York. She approached professors at NYC or excuse me, NYU uh, about coursework while she lived there. And she was like asking about like how she could get enrolled in classes there. So Shakira, an educated queen. How did I not like, know this? A lot this? of respect. Yes, yeah, seriously. Know, who knew? This is different than celebrities getting, what do they call it? It's like an honorary degree. Honorary degrees. Yeah. God knows why. Shakira's like actually completing like major requirements like as it yeah. a fucking undergrad. And for no reason. That's really cool. Like just to learn. Who yeah. know? Love her. Next that we're checking in with is Stanley Tucci. <laughs> just a wide array of people <laughs> in this first category. So he was like trending on Twitter. Everyone was like writing articles about Stanley Tucci like being, a you know, like some hot figure in their mind. So <laughs> Quickly dug up exactly what he did. It's just one single Instagram TV video of him making a Negroni cocktail with his wife behind the camera. And there's some soft jazz playing in the back. And he takes you step by step. How do you make this cocktail? But that's it. That's literally all <laughs> Stanley Tucci did. There's like no follow-up videos. I thought this was like going to be a series. I thought something crazy was going to happen. It's like a full three minutes. Watched it waiting for like whatever people were talking about. But that's it. 
Uh, people are just clinging on to dear life for whatever they can find. It's true. We'll take, I actually have to say my friend Lucy Ford at BuzzFeed UK sent the first tweet about this, mm-hmm. I think, which is the one that blew up. She was like, why is Stanley Tucci making Negronis so erotic? Yeah. And people just like took it and yeah. went with it. And we're like, people love Stanley Tucci. People love like older men who people, who like they think is like unique to think is hot, but actually like everyone is like low key attracted yes. to. You know? Yes, yes. And yeah, the way he delivers the, the, you know, this whole speech about the Negroni is like very soothing, I suppose. People compare it to like ASMR. And then, you know, what I appreciated is like, so he's obviously in his kitchen. It was the perfect angle and perfect like glimpse in a celebrity homes because we talk about in quarantine we can see like all these little we can see like a glimpse of a backyard or like of a kitchen or living room and Stanley Tucci you can tell he's living nice but it's it's pretty close up to him so you can just see him um using really fancy utensils and glasses and stuff like that but it's not enough to get actually jealous of like the way that he's living in quarantine so it's the perfect amount that's good yeah That seems very soothing. I saw a tweet by this woman named Jenny Elder and summed it up pretty well. She says, if Tom Hanks is America's dad, then Stanley Tucci is your friend's dad that you lusted after for reasons that you'll spend all your relationships in your 20s figuring out. Which is true. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. (sighs) I'm going to have to sit with that one. Okay, next one. Um, Okay. Two more like mild celebrity things. Yeah. A lot of people are playing Animal Crossing right now. I don't have a Switch, so I'm not. But if I had a Switch, I would be. And Elijah Wood is one of many people that is just really deep in Animal Crossing. And this week, Jessa on Twitter tweeted, she goes, I tweeted my turnip prices. I don't know what that means. And Elijah (laughs) Wood just came to my island and hung out. I don't know how this works, but apparently this is what happened. Uh So Elijah Wood slid into her DMs on Twitter after she apparently tweeted these amazing turnip prices. And he goes, this is a verified Elijah Wood. He goes, would love your dodo coat to sell these turnips. I don't know what this means. And she goes, um, of course you can. So in the world of Animal Crossing, she posts this picture and it goes, Elwood from Driftwood is here to play. And it's this like little white man avatar that looks like every brunette white man, but technically does look like Elijah Wood. Bright blue eyes. And so he comes in and she has all these pictures of them hanging out on her island. And he goes, your island is beautiful. And then he's like, may I pick some fruit? She's like, he was so nice. People don't even ask when they pick fruit on my island. So I don't know what this means other than that Elijah Wood is really into Animal Crossing and he has very good manners in the world of Animal Crossing. Yeah, I'm happy leaving it at that. Same. Okay, last thing. I just found this. Matt Damon was shooting the movie The Last Duel in Ireland, uh, which we talked about because they had horrible hair pieces. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if you remember that conversation. I blacked it out of my mind Mm -hmm. personally. So he, he elected to stay in Ireland um, instead of going back to Brooklyn when all of this happened. So he's been staying in this rental mansion in Dalkey, Ireland. And a New York Times reporter did some investigation because they wanted to find out like what Matt Damon was up to on the uh, Amalfi Coast, Dalkey, Ireland. And apparently he has become, according to Vulture, a local legend. He shows up in pubs right before they close. Uh, they're calling him Matt O'Damon uh, in Dalkey. <laughs> And the New York Times reporter posted in Facebook on like, I don't know, the Dalkey Facebook page um, and was like, what's Matt Damon up to? Like, can you guys like shed some light on what he does? And they were like, leave him alone. Uh, We are pretending that he's not famous when we see him. We love that he's here. We just want to protect him. Uh, So Ireland (laughs) has just adopted Matt O'Damon. And who knows if he'll ever come back or if they'll let him leave. As an Irish woman, I don't know how I feel about that. But I guess if the people of Ireland agree, then I have no choice. (laughs) Yeah, I'm also part Irish. I don't claim him as my own, but you can have him. 
Uh, what a weird note to end that category on. Um, next category, <laughs> we are bringing in the one, the only Amelia Wedemeyer for this week in social media slash not worth the tea. We're grouping them together because a lot of these are just overlapping uh, in our feelings. Uh, the first one is that our man Ansel Elgort posted wow. a very NSFW, not safe for work, Instagram this week uh, of him in the shower. Won't describe it further than that. Just very <laughs> NSFW. It's still on his grid. You can go and see it yourself. Uh, and his caption was, only fans link in bio, which <laughs> oh Amelia, I only learned about this like weeks ago from you. I would have just there scrolled right past it. Only fans, as you very uh, aptly told us, was like very sexual um, paid content service company. Yes. That's, yeah, you can sign up for and pay for, for like exclusive stuff. Anyway, so then you go to the link in his bio and it turns out to be a GoFundMe uh, to donate to those who are on the front lines of fighting the coronavirus pandemic. So great cause. There's just like a very, very Ansel Elgort way to do it. And he raised thousands of dollars. Like it's, I mean, again, great cause, but like the way he went about it is just a classic. Right. It's just like, <laughs> okay, of course you're doing it this way. Right. Yeah. Um, and then swiftly moving on. I'm fine. I'm fine moving on. Next one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, so on the mass Singer, you know, each week they reveal a new washed up celebrity. And this week it was none other than one of my favorite reality TV show people. I don't know him <laughs> as, quote, rock god. That's what uh, Robin Thicke said. But um, Brett Michaels was the banana. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> And this was written about, Amelia, correct me like with the wording on this, but it was like the, uh, it was like the <laughs> irony that Brett Michaels 10 years post brain aneurysm revealed yes. as banana on the mass Singer. It's like, <laughs> why are we marking this anniversary? Why is this? What, did he purposely choose 10 years after his aneurysm to be a banana on the Mad Singer? How is this ironic? I don't Why know. Why is this the headline? I think I think he might have had his. I, I could be totally wrong, but I thought he might have had his aneurysm when he like won The Apprentice, which now we're just including all these random ass words that probably mean nothing to anyone listening. But yes, yes, yes. I yeah, it's just highly, <laughs> highly confusing. It is very confusing. There were a lot of stupid answers. Can I just read one of the answers? Uh, one of, of the um, clues to see who uh, Brett Michaels it, that it was him. Banana clue answer. The blue collar in the banana's package is a clue to Brett's line of pet accessories. Shut up. <laughs> he owns pet accessories, a line of pet accessories. That judge is like, oh, now I know. <laughs> yeah. The line of that pet accessories? Me- <laughs> it made all makes sense now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so that happened. That was fun. Oh, well, Brett Michaels, we're happy you're still with us today. <laughs> we're happy you're still with us 10 years later. We are, we are, we are. We are. You bring we are, so we much are. joy into our lives. Okay, sorry. Okay, next one is, uh, you know, Amelia and my job during this quarantine is just to recap, like, what's going on, what the general public is doing on yes. Instagram when celebrities don't bring us enough news and, like, what trends are happening. So this week... 
it only is getting worse. It's the <laughs> pillow challenge, which is essentially you undress and you put a pillow like right on your torso, almost like a strapless dress. And then you just tie a belt around it to like cinch your waist. Right. And then you Instagram it. And that's literally it. And Halle Berry that's did it. challenge. Tracy Ellis Ross did it. Anne Hathaway <laughs> did it. And that, that I have nothing else to say. Like that's the whole challenge. <laughs> so literally the whole challenge. There's nothing more to it. There's literally no other level to this. So that's it. The pillow challenge. The this pillow week. challenge. You should all look up Anne Hathaway's rendition of it because it is just the most random thing you will ever see in your life. She's like, I'm a butterfly. Yeah, I think she was like trying to do the um the Princess Diaries. I don't know. I was reading some headlines about the Princess Diaries comparison. Anyway, the right. pillow challenge. Okay. Who knew? Next one. Right. So we can't wait to look forward to all the other challenges. Um also you know, I just want to shout out the Juggalos slash Insane Clown Posse. They are taking coronavirus seriously, unlike some politicians, mayor of Las Vegas looking at you. They're taking the coronavirus seriously. They said that the bottom line is that we refuse to risk even one Juggalo life by hosting a gathering during these troubling times. And the gathering of the Juggalos is like a, a yearly event in, I think... It's Southern Illinois or something. And uh, they all gather, all the juggalos with like their spray painted clown faces. And they just host a party for a whole weekend where one year Charlie Sheen showed up. Another year, Mm. like Coolio showed up. And it's just like a lot of partying, a lot of drugs. There's a place called the Drug Bridge. Um, I know a lot about the juggalos. (laughs) But, um, But just, you know, shout out to celebrities who are willing to risk, you know, money-making opportunities to be like, this isn't safe. So thank you, Insane Clown Posse. Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, speaking of defending people and getting justice, I want to say a quick word on the giant baby because you (laughs) depraved people just (laughs) freaking hell-bent on just taking the joy out of our daily lives. If you hadn't seen this week in social media, a giant baby like blew up on TikTok. He was giant. It, I mean, okay. So he's three years old. So he's not technically a baby, but he's got no hair and was in a diaper in the video. So like, (laughs) so he's got, he's got like baby, big baby energy. And um, the, the TikTok that like has been seen like millions and millions and millions of times, shared even more, whatever, is the baby jumping on his dad's back. And that's it. Okay. It's a very wholesome, great video. I love babies. But then everyone freaking took the giant baby, made it trend on Twitter, was talking about how it's going to take over the world, how it's like (laughs) from your nightmares, like all this stuff. And then the mom had to come out and be like, stop. This is my baby. The whole thing is that, so the baby's three and he's 43 inches tall, which is like almost three and a half feet. Wow. Tall. So like tall baby, but like. Right. Sure. Sure. fine. Anyway, the way it trended, the way that people talked about it, I just want to say, leave that giant baby alone. Did nothing to you. It's extremely cute. I love him very much. His name is Gavin. Oh, Gavin. Leave the giant baby alone. Okay. Lastly. (laughs) Sorry. I just love that. I love that you, one, I love that giant baby exists. Two, I love that you love giant baby and that you're willing to defend him because he's defenseless. Someone's going to stick up for that giant baby. (laughs) If I can't use my voice for good, Amelia, what is this all for? (laughs) That's true. That is true. That is true. Okay. Sorry. Okay. 
last, lastly, this is not as delightful as the giant baby news, but apparently Demi Lovato has a Finstagram, which is a separate Instagram account that you kind of keep around. It's usually like private and it's like your Instagram you can use for other stuff. It's like a burner mm-hmm. account. Um, mm-hmm. So she was revealed to have a Finsta account with a, bl- a lot of negative Selena Gomez stuff. Yes, this was huge. And actually, it was such mind-blowing news to me. And it was written up so little that I, I still yes. kind of have trouble wrapping my head around yes. it. But yeah, this is like if Kevin Durant. People talked about his burner accounts for months. They're and still yeah, talking I know about, about that. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I. why is no one talking about how Debbie Lovato is bullying <laughs> Selena Gomez on a burner account? Why is this not written about everywhere? I don't know. I don't know. And Which is, you're so right. That is, that is really weird because I don't. Uh, I don't even Unless know, like, her team is just like absolutely oh, burying this with every yeah. dime they have. But, and this is true, right? Like it was verified from both sides of her fans. Like it was like a well-known thing. That was her account, right? Right, right. And uh, Perez Hilton, the gossip blogger, I feel like he usually fact checks. I, maybe I am mm-hmm. not, I'm going to regret saying that, but um <laughs> But even he was like, oh, my gosh, this is real and was tweeting about it and everything. So I have to assume it probably is because it'd be kind of embarrassing if we were all like, ah, and it or wasn't real. If it was fake, why hasn't Demi Lovato come out and say this is not true? Hmm? That is so true. That is so you know? true. Yeah, I don't know. Selena Gomez has been quiet about it probably because she's so happy that she didn't <laughs> have to like dig up that dirt and people found it for her. Seriously. She's like, I'm so done. I'm over. It makes yeah. me sad, but also like good for her. You know, yes. you don't need this, yeah. Selena. So. Um, okay. Next category. We're only getting messier. This is a perfect segue, yeah. actually. Just like messy pop stars. Amelia, this is you ought to know. This is you covering the Lindsay Lohan F list part one. So Amelia, will there it's be more one. than one part? I'm sorry to do this, but yeah, there will be more than one part because That's it's, great. A, it's a long ass list. It's literally made on a categories list. So there's like 36 slots. So set the scene. This is a oh, piece yes. of paper. I'm so sorry. Okay. So when you're thinking of documents that mean a lot in U.S. history, you're thinking the oh, Constitution. Oh, you're setting the scene. Yes, I, I am. You're, you're saying the Constitution, obviously. The Declaration of Independence. There are other books to have been read to kill a mockingbird. You know? <laughs> there are other books to have been. <laughs> but what I want to talk about today is it's just as important in the history of the United States. Um, and it's called the Lindsay Lohan fuck list. And it is literally a list of allegedly 36 guys that Lindsay Lohan has banged. And the list was allegedly found at the Beverly Hilton in 2013. However, it was not written up until March 12 of 2014 from In Touch Weekly, mm. and which is just that is probably Curious. this is probably the best thing to have ever happened to, to In Touch Weekly. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't I don't know how they got it, but apparently someone got it, took a picture and sent it. And Lindsay actually talked about this with uh, Andy Cohen of Watch What Happens Live, and. She was playing a game of they play games on Watch What Happens Live. And one of them is called Plead the Fifth. And you have to like take a shot or plead the fifth to like some rumors about you. And so she said that she could essentially 
neither confirm nor deny the val- the validity of the list. So it's it's real. It's real. We're just going to go yeah, with it's real. For sure. But she also said she got serious on that episode of Watch It Happens Live. And she was like, that was actually my fifth step in AA at the Betty Ford clinic. Uh, someone who was doing the own show must have taken a photo of it. And that's a really personal thing. And it's unfortunate. And it oh, is. Wow. I know. It's sad. And so she was also doing that Lindsay own show on the Oprah Winfrey Network where we got the really great gif of Oprah being like, so what is the truth? That is from the Lindsay Lohan <laughs> series. Yeah. No way. Way. Guys, that in itself is is just monumental to pop culture history. <laughs> Thank you. It really is. Wow. You know what? It feels like we would wait a lifetime for the knowledge that we got in this F list because wow. this is the kind of thing that you wait until you're 70 years old and then you write a <laughs> memoir for millions and millions of dollars where she so goes true. through every single person that she's been with. But we got it so early on. We're very lucky and— this is unfortunate that this was leaked, especially this is like, you know, right. very, it, it's a very vulnerable and private thing that has been released. Of but course. she has been a, a pop culture icon. I don't want to call her like, yes, a, no, call her that. Actress. Thank you. Oh, oh, she's been oh, an actress, sure. you know, on sure. and off over the decades, but um, actress slash partier. Yeah. Yes. This confirms like what we kind of believe, which is that celebrities just like, they randomly Everyone knows up. each other. Yes. Yeah. It's messy like this. Like every A-list not only knows about each other is with like that has been with each other. And it's just as messy as we thought. Just as messy as we thought. Because, you know, I think and you make a really great point because before I don't know however old I was in terms of being conscious of the fact that, you know, celebrities know each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you're so right. This definitely was like. Okay, that this is a confirmation of that, you know, they randomly met somewhere. They're both hot people. So why yeah. not? You know, and before we get into the actual names on the list, yes. I just want to say it confirms what we knew, which is like Lindsay Lohan can get it with yes. any A-list she wants at yes. this time. I don't know about now, but <laughs> the people on this list, some of them are like juggernauts, like go Lindsay <laughs> Lohan. <laughs> we are in awe. <laughs> this comes from a place out of respect and admiration. Truly. Okay, Amelia, Take us through some of this list. I know probably part two will do more, but right, right. First so, installment. Yes, the first part of this list was published in in touch, but they didn't reveal all the names. They were just like, we're just mm. gonna tease if, like several, and so that's what they did. And we've got random hot guys on this list. We've got Heath Ledger, R.I.P. P.C. Valmorbida, which who is uh, an art guy who was at Jennifer Lawrence's wedding, I recently learned. Hmm. Um, Yeah, he looks very French. He looks like French is his first language. He's cultured, you know, Hmm. good stuff. She also banged Jamie Burke, who was a random British model who dated Sienna Miller and Kate Moss in the 2000s. She has allegedly banged Jamie Dornan, who you might know as, uh, what's his face? Um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. And he- I will say- yeah. This fling with Jamie Dornan was just dates back to all the way back in t- uh, 2006, which was almost a decade before the Fifty Shades franchise. Lindsay Lohan got wow. in early she, to the she, Jamie Dornan hive. She, and I respect it. This is like she, she scouted, scouted that talent, saw that potential. And now look how he is. Honestly, let's forget about her Mykonos nightclub. Let's get the Lindsay Lohan model 
talent agency club because yes. I would yes. watch that show. Yes. She would just bang all the young models. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Guy Berryman, who is, uh, I think, the bassist for Coldplay, and I'm sure they had an SNL stint that overlapped. Mm. Um, but he's also the hottest guy in Coldplay. So once again, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, just great job. Okay. And then slowly moving on guys we like knew about we knew that they had worked on something or you know their height of fame overlapped these are the guys Wilmer Valderrama they notably dated when she was 17 going on 18 and he was 24 going on 25 and hmm. it seems like he's still into that kind of thing you know he's hmm. kind of mm-hmm. old he has a very young girlfriend um Garrett Hedlund who love him Love him dating Emma Roberts now, but he did Georgia Rule with Lindsay. So, oh my God, that yeah. movie. That's why I put actress in big quotes because <laughs> sure. I watched that movie. And you're like, yikes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Colin Farrell. Uh, Lindsay was on an episode of SNL with him. So, there you go. And also, wow. Very height of both their fame and hotness. So, makes sense. Um, Lucas Haas, who is like a platinum card member of the Leonardo DiCaprio Pussy Posse. Makes sense. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Adam Levine, who also popular. Uh, Justin Timberlake, James Franco, Max George, who is in, I think he's in The Wanted. They had a few hits back in like okay. the 2000s. So, you know, good for them. And mm-hmm. Nico Tortorella. They dated, I guess, back in early early 2010s. Yeah, I only know him from the TV show Younger, but that right. is like a recent TV show. So Lindsay Lohan. Props. Again. Hats off to you. Hats off to you, Lindsay. So honestly, that list, wow, that is that is impressive. I mean, just one of those names from that list, I feel like you'd be set for a, a, a fun little party fact for the rest of your life. Um, okay. And then this is the what the fuck. This is the downright how, who, like why, why, why mm-hmm. were they ever together? Okay. Evan Peters. Wow. Right? Yeah. That's wild. It's wild. Um, he also dated Emma Roberts and was recently dating Halsey. He's yes. just like a weird dude, but like, you know, great actor. Good stuff. Jay Phoenix. She spelled it completely wrong, but I'm guessing it's Joaquin Phoenix, mm. um, which another weird one. But I did mm-hmm. find evidence that they were like at the same uh, party together or something in 2006. Anyway, Ryan Rotman, who is an actor, I I have no. I feel like Lindsay is probably hooked up with a bunch of really hot random actors. So, mm. of her. And then the last one I want to talk about real quickly is Zach Efron, but she spelled it Z A C K, and then Efron E F F R O N or R O N. Yes, and I am so happy you brought that up. I was going to say it if you weren't going to yeah. to spell. I mean, Zach Efron, I get putting a K sure. on it because it, sure, he spells sure. it Z A C is an understandable mistake, but. Like, don't, I don't know. The fact that she misspelled both of his both names. Both of them. It's pretty bad. Like, seriously? He's famous. Come, come, yeah, he come on. Come on, Lindsay. That's another, like, wow. I, I just right? am in awe of this. I can't believe this came out. I didn't know about this until I was quickly reading before this pod started. I First, I can't believe I didn't know about this list. I can't believe that it exists. I can't believe that, like, this, I don't know. I'm in absolute shock. So what can it's we wild. expect from part two next week? Part two, even bigger names. And we'll get, wow, we'll get down and dirty with the names. Uh, so, you know, just like uh, more proof that Lindsay Lohan is just an icon of the times. You know? Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. Okay, next category. We are continuing cringe mode, Twilight. 
uh, we read and watched the second movie. This is Twilight New Moon. So let's start with the book takeaways. Okay. I read the book last week. I burned through it. I was like, this is going to be bad. I got to do it while I'm like feeling psyched about Twilight. Yeah. Um, I didn't think Liz was going to read it, but you actually read it in one sitting last night. I did. You know my commitment to this podcast. It knows no bounds. I do. Although at like 1145, <laughs> as I was like, like so reading, I did think like, I started to like flip through pages a little bit quicker because <laughs> this book, I think you share this opinion, not great. It's the worst one. I, yes. Do we agree that it's the worst one? Absolutely. And I Although know I that we have, <laughs> I know what's coming and I know that we might revise that once we get to like the absolute horror of Breaking Dawn. But at least Breaking Dawn, if I remember correctly, is bad in like a really entertaining way. Yes, that's the promise. I can't remember what comes after this. I, I know some big things, but I, I know I'll yeah. regret that comment. But yeah. So we'll see. But this one, just crushingly boring in so many parts. Because Edward's not in 90% of it. Yes. Yeah, which yes. is Okay, so New Moon, second book in Twilight series, starts out, Edward dumps Bella, which is like tough. Tough really storytelling tough. choice to take away the love interest altogether. That feels like a third installment. Not a novelist. Have no idea what I'm doing to that. But it feels like that. It was pretty early that they just cut the cord. It was. Yeah. It was really early. It was really a sophomore slump. I think <laughs> even at the time, I remember reading this and being like, I don't want this. Yeah. Like even in like seventh grade being like, what is this Jacob guy? So Edward clears out. He like thinks he's endangering Bella's life. Jacob Black kind of picks up the pieces. Bella like falls into this deep depression. Jacob turns out to be a werewolf. Edward comes back at the end. They all go to Italy. Edward almost dies. It's a whole thing. We're going to yes. get into it. However, That's the synopsis. That was good. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Um, okay. I think our main problem with this book is that it's absolutely exhausting to be in Bella's brain yes. during the course of, of this book. Her depression at losing Edward and him breaking up with her and falling into this like horrible state where she just hates being alive. Talk about the chapters. Like, Talk about the please, please. Okay. <laughs> Do it now. When after, after Edward breaks up with Bella, there's a truly iconic moment when Stephanie I remember reading this in seventh grade me being too like, this is the height of creative of creative storytelling Stephanie <laughs> Myers does like a blank blank chapter for every month that Bella is just like going through the motions and like in a depression so she does like October and then it's like a blank page and I was like ooh, and then it's like November blank page and I'm like oh my god what is happening this hit <laughs> so hard for me when I read this I literally was like like <laughs> As if I had never read anything more powerful in my entire life than those blank pages. I, just, I, know, I was like, oh my God. It worked. Now I'm like, all right. But at the time. And I when I right, and when I came back to this during this book, I like completely forgot this was a thing. And then I like flipped the page to see that blank page. It like uh, all came back in seventh grade where I was so like, oh good. my God. Uh, so relatable. Yeah. Um, but she is so, depressed yeah. in this book. She is. It's rough. It is really rough. Yeah. And it's like boring and also like really overdramatic and hard to take. There are a couple of things she just freaks out about like repeatedly throughout this book. One of them is the fact that her dad thinks she should go to therapy. Yeah. LOL. <laughs> Which like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. should. And you can just tell it was like a different time, but still like, come on. Yeah. Um, this whole book is about like your mental, the fact that you're hallucinating your boyfriend when you do things that are dangerous. Um, yeah. so yeah, she freaks out about that. She freaks out about the idea of getting older and turning 20, which like, uh, made me feel very right? youthful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. And I know you had some, uh, some nitpicking as well. Large. Well, I just, especially in the book, 
because the movie, like, he's just an afterthought this entire time. But I felt so bad for Charlie, her dad. Like, your teenage daughter comes to live with you from Phoenix, Arizona. You're like, this is great. This will be, like, bonding time before this chick goes off to college eventually. She immediately becomes just, like, so wrapped up in this one freaky dude who lives in your town. You're like, that's not great, but I want her to be happy. She, in this book, wakes up screaming bloody murder from these terrible nightmares. She, like— doesn't eat. She doesn't leave a room, which I, we all went through phases in high school. I was probably a terror as well for our moms listening. I know I was. Sorry, mom. But <laughs> she especially has this like life has no meaning post breakup that just being Charlie, her dad, I just felt so bad for. He is so clueless. And he's just trying. And then meanwhile, his whole town is like blowing up with like deaths and hikers getting killed and right. random like animals that are being spotted that are the werewolves. It's just a mess. Yeah, really sad for Charlie. He's just trying his best. Um, she and yeah, is. she just is. It's so exhausting to be inside her brain. The other problem, I just feel like Jacob, like I was never really sold on rereading. I was even less so. Like Taylor Lautner, I know we'll talk about this later, just act his little heart out. So I really respect him for that. But he stood no chance. His character, I did not give a single shit about because it just, it just wasn't there. Like yeah. the amount that the book hyped up Edward, it's just not. Right. This I agree with this completely. And I think it's the same in the, in the movie. I can just cut to this sort of skip to the end of what I was going to say about the movie. Is the It can't be a love triangle if one person is like, he's the most beautiful man I've ever seen. He's so smart. He's been alive for 109 years. He's literally the perfect person. And the other one right. is like a 15-year-old werewolf who's like, his only good thing is he's like 6'5 and he's a good hang. Like, yeah, it's such an unfair portrayal. You could tell that Stephanie Myers was trying when she was like, wow, Jacob, where did all your muscles come from? Your muscles and like definitely painted him as like the opposite type of like <laughs> male protagonist, which is just this like right. muscly jock type character, which Edward's not, even though they like airbrushed six pack on him um, in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, it just, just didn't work. It's really unfair. And then, you know what? Can I say just a quick thing about two quick things that the book highlighted more than the movie? One is that, like Kate said, uh, eventually they have to, like, go grab Edward from Italy because he's, like, about to kill himself or, like, be in front of that scary vampire family, whatever. So Allison, um, Bella, the only thing they—like, okay, so they essentially board flights to go to Italy to retrieve him. And I did some research. So the closest airport to Forks is Seattle-Tacoma Airport, which is a far drive. So, like, they're in the car together. They haven't—they're, like, have this fractured relationship at this point. They haven't seen each other in months and months. Like, who knows what's going to happen? They're, like, in the car together driving to the airport. Then they—in the book, they say that they stop over in JFK. So Seattle to JFK is five and a half hours where they're just, like, sitting in economy next to each other, like— What's going to happen? And then they go JFK to Florence, which is another eight and a half hours. Vampires don't sleep. Vampires don't eat. Like, was there no better mode of transport? It just feels weird that they can run up to 50 miles per hour and they had to board a flight to Florence. Is that not weird? Also, they're so rich. Dude, like, buy a private anything. Why don't they have a jet at this point? They're like hundreds <laughs> of years old. Just save. It's a great question. Like, they would be first imagine, class at least. Like Alice is there and like Bella's probably asleep because she's a human. And so she needs to do that. And she's just like, wow, all right. We got, you know, four and a half hours left. And like, she's probably not interested in movies. It's just such a weird, 
thought to me that I couldn't right. get over that. Um, and then it like really. Meanwhile, just, her, her brother is on the brink of death. Yes. Yeah. And like movie magic, of course, it just cuts right to them, like in this little Fiat driving through the hills of Italy. But lastly, about the book is the very, very, very end. They reunite. It's beautiful. Blah, blah, blah. And then they're talking about how Bella wants to switch over to be a vampire. And then Edward says, like, on one condition. And then he's like, marry me. And in the movie, it just cuts out. So you're like, wow. In the book, he says, marry me. And she's like, but I'm only 18. It's like, (laughs) you just wanted to become a whole ass vampire and change the entire course (laughs) of your entire existence. But like, ooh, marriage. (laughs) Too much commitment. (laughs) So odd to me. It was so odd. Okay, really I guess you could talk really about the bad. movie now. Really stuck out. We got okay. Yeah, we got to burn through the movie here. Okay, movie off the top. Uh, CGI, not bad. The werewolves were not like, bad. Okay, kind of bought it, but the green screen was not. Where she jumps off cliffs. Green screen, tough. Yeah, tough. and the makeup. I was going to talk about this later, but let's do it now. My first thought in the first five minutes of this movie is like, do they know that they're supposed to match the foundation to their necks? Because all these (laughs) vampires are so pale. And then their necks are like a normal color. We don't have beauty influencers like we do now. They didn't have like YouTube James Charles on there telling them to brush up from the collarbone. It's just different time. I know it was. And also... People in this movie just allergic to shirts. None of the werewolves wear shirts. Uh, Edward's shirtless for like the last part of the movie. And the blatant airbrushing of abs that happened in this movie. (laughs) Now, Taylor Lautner jacked, probably on steroids, which is a whole other thing because he's like 17 and that's like not great. But he's jacked. It's all real. Uh, Robert Pattinson is not a person that has abs. Right, uh, which is totally fine. In this movie. He has like skinny abs, but it's fine. He is totally airbrushed on. Like you, it's absolutely The contour is and, damning. <laughs> damning. And also these werewolves who again have been unfairly cast because like you can't make all the vampires, the main vampires really hot mm-hmm. and then be like, oh, here are their werewolf counterparts and they all have dad bods and are really unfriendly and are not actors who I would say are like heartthrobs. Like, yeah. cast them fairly. Make them equally hot so that it's like mm-hmm. actually difficult to choose. These werewolves are just guys with dad bods with abs painted on. You know what? In a different era, Dwayne the Rock Johnson would have been a perfect werewolf. Some yeah, like the main one? Higher up, yes. I agree. Yes. I agree. Okay, so quickly, cast MVPs. What's your vote? Michael Sheen. <laughs> is having the time of his life in this movie. He's the bad, like the main bad Volturi vampire mm-hmm. that they meet at the end. And this is the part, only part of the movie that I was like, this is fun. It's bad, but it's fun in, in like a really entertaining way. Yeah. Michael Sheen is just like, I'm playing a vampire, which <laughs> some of the people in this movie seem to not realize they're doing. Yep. And he's like, I have been painted white and I'm going to do an <laughs> accent and I'm going to do voices and I'm going to do a funny faces and I'm going to have fun. And he does a great job. He does. Uh, my vote, I would say the same for Taylor Lautner, just acting his little heart out. He tried He's so trying hard. so hard. He really sent himself there and you got to appreciate it. And then I want to give a quick shout out to Dakota Fanning, who comes <laughs> up as a vampire in this movie. She was, I mean, I my favorite role of her is, is Sweet Home Alabama. This might be a close second because it takes so little, <laughs> no offense, acting to be the vampire. The whole MO is that you're like very straight face. Like there's not a lot going on because you don't know what's happening, you know, behind their little eyes. So she just has mm-hmm. to like stare at a camera for... And she doesn't speak a lot. And then 
Even though she doesn't even have to emote anything in her eyes because they just CGI'd them red. So like either way, she's going to look powerful and mischievous. Anyway, really just great role for her. Not a lot of acting required. It was a big deal that she was going to be in this movie. Yeah. I remember when she was cast as like this character, people were like, oh my God. Yeah. And then she has like three minutes of screen time and it's just staring at Robert Pattinson. Yeah, because she's our age. So like at the time, this was probably like a steal. She was freaking ant. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay, next quickly. I, we swear we're trying to go fast on this, but it's just hard. There's so um, much here. Cringiest scene right off the top. I wanted to say, you know, in the first two chapters, whenever where they are still together, they're like very lovey-dovey. And I just imagine that they were that couple at the lunch tables, like hunched over each other, one little earphone in each ear, earbud in each, listening to like the shins or something, just so in love and enraptured with one another. And that's probably why all of her friends like kind of hate her at the, like throughout this book. Cause they're like, where have you been? And then another thing, the like screaming bloody murder post breakup as she's like trying to get through it. It was just like really weird to watch. Didn't, I feel like they could have maybe took that out. Um, what's your cringiest <laughs> scene? My cringiest scene is the fact that, you know, Bella does all these dangerous things because she can see Edward and hear his voice mm-hmm. when she like does this because he was like, don't be reckless. So she starts doing all these things. She's like, oh, that was such a rush. She's riding motorcycles. <laughs> uh, the worst version of this is when she jumps off this cliff as cliff diving. And Edward, like, appears in the water as she's drowning. There's, like, this slow motion dramatic. She's like, this is it. She's, like, dying with her true love. And then she eventually gets mm-hmm. pulled out of the water. But just just the CGI Edward in general, where he, like, appears to her in her time of need, is absurd. Yes. Really tough. It is. It is. Uh, okay, lastly, on the Twilight New Moon, questions, comments, concerns, especially as we keep heading in to this franchise. Uh, the attempt at like a deep parallel with Romeo and Juliet in this, this like Stephanie Meyer really thought she did something with this. She was like, and perhaps she did <laughs> so that they're reading Romeo and Juliet yeah. and then their lives are Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. There's this thing where Edward's like, I envy Romeo the suicide. And it's like this whole ridiculous thing. So that was tough in both the movie and the book. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, just my main complaint about you just got to make the werewolves hotter. It's just unfair. Yeah. And then my only thing, especially as we keep going and she only becomes more and more involved in him, and especially she's like going to, you know, change over, not be human anymore, is it appears that Bella is like a pretty self-involved and possibly not great friend and like classmate or like best friend, whatever, to anybody besides Edward. Like there's this random scene where she goes to the movies with Anna Kendrick's character and Anna Kendrick is kind of just like, cold to her the whole time and makes a couple comments where like, how would you know? Insinuating like she hasn't been around. She's like, hasn't kept up with anyone. This is a terrible girlfriend in high school problem. And I feel like this was not a warning sign to everyone because it's like, everyone does that. They get the boyfriend for the first time. They just like, like leave everything (laughs) behind. And especially in high school where I just, that's just not a good friend. And she's just only involved in herself. She's, like, not even paying attention to when Anna Kendrick's, like, trying to catch her up about Mike and, like, her whole love story. It's, like, be there for this girl. That's just bothering And the fact that you're taking Anna Kendrick's side here means that you really, you really feel like this is true. (laughs) Yeah, Bella's just a garbage person. That's my takeaway from this book. Yeah. Garbage main character. Really tough to be in her brain. So next week, we're going to be doing the third one, third movie. Eclipse. Stay tuned. Okay, to wrap up this beautiful episode, bringing in both Kate and Amelia for unanswerable questions slash from the tea bag. So the first one is from Kate herself. Kate, go ahead. 
I have an unanswerable question for the room. Um, okay, so this week it was announced that the cast of Parks and Rec is reuniting for um, like a reunion kind of episode where the, you know, it's to raise money for Corona relief. Um, they're going to do something where it's like the cast, you know, trying to trying to stay connected during social distancing in the world of Pawnee. So I feel like we're one of the few places, the few podcasts that has come out, has been strong <laughs> enough to come out with. Uh, an anti-Parks and Rec stance, courtesy of one Liz Kelly. For our longtime listeners, you may remember. So my question is, uh, since Parks and Rec aired, a lot of people on Parks and Rec have been, as the internet says, canceled. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we feel about a Parks and Rec reunion uh, on this podcast? Amelia, do you want to start? Um, I honestly, you know, like I liked Parks and Rec a lot when it was on and I pretty much watched it for the majority of the time it was on, maybe not the last couple of seasons, but I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to move on though. I'm ready to move on. I don't need to, like, I get it. I get it. It was a lovely show. They jumped in the future at the end, I think. You know, she wrote that letter. I mean, one of the writers on the show wrote that letter when Trump was president and that was like, you know, Mm. soothing for a day. But Mm -hmm. this is just like stuff I don't need. You know, it's like, this is great. Like, I'm happy you guys are having a great time, but like, I don't do do that for yourselves. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's really mean. But I just I'm like, I'm kind of like, you know what? We don't need it right now. But OK. Right. Disclaimer, you know, raising money for COVID. Well, is that's true. That's However, true. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, no. However, that goes without saying. Especially right. goes without saying we're not shitty people. We are just have, you know, some people on Parks and Rec. I don't need to see. Right. This ties into what we talked about earlier in the episode with Ansel Elgort which was not worth the tea. He was raising money for Corona. So that is fair. But you have to separate the two between the action and the cause. Yes, I am one of the few Parks and Rec's truthers out there. (laughs) It was just not a good show. Mostly in comparison to The Office, which everybody loves to just like clump those two as like two legendary TV shows. I get it. But the only thing I really don't like is that they, and I know like if it was The Office, I'd probably be into it, but that they think like banding them all together again is going to be this like, it's like the Gal Gadot video, Imagine video. It's like, Banning these all these people together that everyone loves and reveres is like this big special thing. When in reality, it's like uh, I don't know. I don't want it. It's yeah, and it's just like at the end of the day, do I need Chris Pratt and Aziz Ansari and Rob Lowe talking on Zoom? Correct. Thirty minutes. <laughs> I really don't. Right. If it was just Amy Poehler Oof. and Ron Swanson, uh, Nick Offerman. Yes. And just like them yeah. and like her trying to teach him Zoom. Yes. Like I could do that. Actually, but, true. Like, I don't need. That's, there are certain people that I don't need. That's so okay. true. Agreed. That's my take. And I think it goes with a lot of the other friends or like other reunions that are coming, especially that will happen probably on Zoom. Also, Zoom is just tough. Like we're on Zoom right now. It's like, okay, but I wouldn't make anyone watch this. Certainly. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Next question. This is from Carrie Walters. I really liked this one. Uh, She asked, was there a trend, celebrity, song, show, movie, et cetera, that you claimed you hated because you thought it made you sound cool, but you secretly liked? This is a classic question and a classic as you like consume pop culture, you watch TV, whatever movie celebrities, you're bound to get pushback on like who you like and like what you're into. Famously on this podcast, we used to have when I was a braver person, Liz Kelly's worst takes where I said like, imagine dragons, not that bad, even though it's like really uncool to not like them. Big Bang Theory, not bad. But anyway, I would say that I've gotten a lot better from doing this podcast actually about embracing what I really like because I Definitely in college, 
Yeah, I definitely used to be like, oh, uh, like, you imagine dragons, but like, do you know about Tame Impala? Like, no. I think it's like, as you grow up, important to embrace both sides of your interests. <laughs> I love that. Um, also, I, in uh, this is such a, I think it was like 2011 or like 2010 that this really hit. But you guys remember when colored skinny jeans were like a big thing? Were like all different kind of colors of the rainbow. I don't know if that hit your high schools was really big in mine. That's so funny. I, pretended that I hated that trend. I wore like all black for my last two years of high school, <laughs> not surprisingly. And it was only because I didn't feel like I could rock like a pair of baby blue skinny jeans because they're very unforgiving. Don't look great. But yeah, I pretended I hated the colored skinny jeans trends. And really in reality, I was just jealous. Couldn't rock them. Did you guys have anything like that? Um, I guess mine would be that I, I was really into Macklemore. <laughs> When Macklemore was big. Oh, okay. And then after everyone like came at like with the backlash on Macklemore, I was like, ooh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> like thrift shop. Like what? Um, I went to a Macklemore concert in high school. My Whoa. friend and I made shirts. I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before. Maybe not. And then like, you know, in college, I was like, oh my God, like that guy. But listen, uh, he was cool at the time. Yeah. He was very catchy. Macklemore is and, catchy. <laughs> um, I don't, I would not say that I stand anymore, but I did. At one point in my life. That's fair. Okay. Last question from the mailbag. From Lucy Morris. It looks like Blanchette, but her last name is Blanchette. Um, but I'm going to say it Blanchette because I'm going to pretend she's related to Kate. Uh, who would you choose to play you in a movie version of your life? We've gotten this question several times when we've asked for mailbag questions. We've been asked to cast each other previously in the past, which was also fun. But I think it's a lot easier to just choose your own. So maybe we should just go around the room. Liz Kelly, who would you choose to play you in a movie version of your life? Now that you say that, I'm not sure if we if I've said this exact person before, but I'm going to say it and you can call me out if so. This is wishful thinking, okay? The, the whole, I mean, that's, yeah. The whole problem this with this works. question is that you feel self-involved because you, like, pick, right. like, some much more beautiful, amazing woman than you. <laughs> However, I'm picking Julia Roberts because, um, sh- I, did I say this before? Has Julia Roberts been brought up? I don't think so. Great. Okay. Uh, We know that she can cry on camera and in the movie version (laughs) of my life, you got to know how to do that. And then also she's like tall, brunette. She's got curly hair, which I always wanted. Like in the redraft, I'm just going to script that I have curly hair and like ignore the fact that my hair is like a haystack. And um, she's just like, I don't know, very bubbly. She like is kind of, you know, the kind of person I hope that I would be on screen. She's very effervescent. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Amelia, who's playing you? Um, see this question and I like I've done this before, like in high school and stuff, but it always gave me PTSD or it's giving me PTSD. But I mean, like, not really. Like, I I didn't serve like in the army or anything. I'm sorry. I don't mean to make light of that because that is trauma. That's bringing back. But yes, exactly. Because like growing up, there was I don't know, maybe like Lucy Lou and that was it. And so it'd be like, uh, yeah, I right. want to be a Lucy Lou because she's the only one that like kind of looks like me. So I guess right. we'll just do that because I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's amazing. I'm sorry. I'm just like, oh, uh, whatever. It's true. This question is Hollywood is, is a uh, very discriminatory. And so it's yeah. not fair. Yeah. My, because there are a lot of tall brunettes in Hollywood, unfortunately, uh, for better or worse, I had a lot of options to choose from. And I went with Lizzie Kaplan just because oh. she has like the cool vibe that I would like to have. I love her. She has kind of like a cool girl, like sort of bored energy that I like don't actually have, but I like to <laughs> yeah. think that I have. I like um, it. 
And so that's my choice. Okay. So we're ending with Lizzie Kaplan. That's your name? Correct. Okay. That, yeah. That's Rude. a really fair answer. I can see that for you. If Thank if you. anyone wants to write these movies, just like hit us up. You know where to find just us. Let us know. <laughs> um, I'll have Julia Roberts' people call Lizzie Kaplan's people, call Lucy Liu's people. <laughs> nice. We'll get it going. Okay. Uh, that is all the time for we have today. This was just a great episode. Miss you guys so much. Thank you all for listening. And thank you, Kaya, our producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. <laughs> <laughs>